0: It's Tennessee Titans talk. We're going to talk today about the other AFC South teams and how they did in the NFL draft a few weeks ago. But first, big fella, Landon turns 18 years old on Tuesday. Congratulations! Happy birthday, Landon!
1: Happy birthday, buddy! Thanks. I've actually forgotten all about it being my birthday because everything is just blending together now.
2: You know what you're supposed to do when you turn 18, right? Uh, legally gamble. I was going to say, buy a lottery <laughs> ticket.
1: <laughs> I'd rather just gamble. That's much better odds.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, Nathan, we, did, we, did I we have scared have for a, a second? <laughs> John, we might have created that monster with the gambling, but Landon's smart enough to know that the house always wins. But maybe some recreational bets here and there will be, will be fun. Uh, in all seriousness, happy birthday, Landon. And I know all of our uh, listeners uh, have grown attached to you, and they think the same thing. 18 is a big deal. So uh, welcome to adulthood, bud. Guys, we did this last year we talked about, we titled this, How Do the Teams We Hate Do? The really popular podcast, Uh, it is of interest. Uh, Yes, we're gonna see our own draft picks throughout this season and seasons to come hopefully, but we're gonna see these guys twice a year, at least this next coming year and maybe for years on. So it's, these acquisitions are significant to Titans fans. So guys, let's talk about these classes. We'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had 12 picks. The my understanding was they would trade around, maybe trade some for future years, or maybe trade up. Landon, my gut is that Dave Caldwell was having trouble finding trade partners, and I know we didn't have as many trades early in the first round uh, for that reason. Do you think, uh, guys, that sort of their jobs are on the line. Uh, do you think other GMs are less willing to work with them? Or you think Caldwell has been difficult to work with or not trade a lot in the past? Uh, because uh, were you with me thinking that
1: they wouldn't make all 12 picks? I agreed that 12 picks was probably too many, but they've been gutting their roster. It seems like they're the early favorite to be the worst team taking for Trevor Lawrence and all of that. It seems like this year in particular, there were a lot less trades due to all the various difficulties teams would have talking to each other. I think teams would actually be more invested in dealing with someone whose job is on the line because people whose jobs on the line will take riskier moves. They will make stupider moves because if they miss and they're out of the job, it doesn't matter because they're going to be out of the job anyway. Head coaches and GMs that are desperate make dumb moves and teams love to exploit dumb moves.
0: Right, and maybe it's my perception. Maybe he's not in any kind of fight for his job. I know ownership there has has been committed to whoever they have generally. John, C.J. Henderson went ninth overall. C.J. Henderson is, of course, the cornerback from Florida. He's a good player. I thought he was a reach at nine. He was kind of the consensus second best corner behind Jeff Okuda. I think he would be more maybe the 18th or 20th, somewhere around there, best player in this draft. So many teams in the first round that were picking, you know, in the teens had a glaring needed corner. We've seen so many good receivers be drafted in the last few years. We we had another strong draft class and we're going to have one next year. So cornerback is uh, just suddenly become a really big need for most teams, especially emerging teams. We saw that need. We saw that start here, I think, big fellow with uh, CJ Henderson at nine. Do you do you feel like he was a reach? Uh, how do you like his fit?
2: I, I like the fit only because, like we talked about, they needed cornerback, but a lot of teams need cornerback. So they fill an immediate need, and, you know, they've gotten rid of A.J. Boye. They've gotten rid of Jalen Ramsey, and they didn't really have anything to replace him. No, so I think didn't. it was a good pick. Well, they didn't yeah, have he, money to replace
0: him because all of the right. dumb decisions they made salary cap-wise. So this was oh, a forced-need pick, and they smartly didn't wait until 20 because you saw guys that we weren't even super familiar with go before 20 at corner. They would have been, I bet that was a temptation, because think about it. We watch this team, their offensive line, they did nothing to help. I don't like who they have coming back. It's not the worst offensive line in football, but its it's been a weakness for them, especially for the way they pretend that they want to play. They could have went worse, they could have went Beckton in here, but they couldn't because they couldn't get along with Ramsey. They couldn't make that work. And they gave Bortles a fifth-year option, and then they gave Foles all that money. So they pretty much all these issues they've had caught up with them to where they had to pick a corner at nine. Henderson is a good player. He is not a top-ten pick.
2: I agree, but then if you look, so they take Henderson at nine. The next cornerback that goes off the board is AJ Terrell to the Falcons at 16, right. and then you've got Damon Arnett to the Raiders mm-hmm. at 19. They had, they had to, to. Take a corner. They had to because if yeah, not, but, yeah, they would have ended up with Noah Igbenigni which oh, or yeah. Jeff Gladney, or, or honestly, maybe they would have taken our guy, Christian Fulton. If maybe they, they would hire on their or, board.
0: Or they could have picked – four. since they had 12 picks, they could have picked four guys in day three and see what happened. I agree that they kind of had to do this, and obviously the run came. But I guess what I'm saying is because of dumb decisions they've made in the last sure. couple of years, they had to because, yeah, Bouye did not play well this last year. But obviously they could have done other things. Uh, Landon, you you agree? And what did you think about their second first-round pick, especially where they got
1: him, on? I'd have to disagree with you, Nathan. I thought – Henderson was a great pick there. They obviously weren't going for, to go with offensive linemen. They didn't take one until the fourth round. And part of yeah, it is the some-cost fallacy. They just put so much into it. To draft a guy top ten when you have all these other glaring needs would just be a minutes that you messed up. And the only thing yeah, with Henderson is yeah. not a great tackler. As a Titans fan, I'm looking my chops yeah. because we're, we're yeah. the kind of team that exploits <laughs> right. that.
0: Yeah, because Derrick Henry, is uh, he has made so many of these not great tackle defensive backs look bad. No, I mean, look, they had to do it, and, and I understand Henderson is a good prospect, but I'll say I'm glad our team doesn't have an off-injury last year, Cam Robinson, as a starting tackle because that's mm. terrifying if they're going to try to make a run. They could have had worse or Becton, and yeah, although they had to do this, it's that's going to come back and haunt them, it really is, because they think they're a, a power-running team. They're, they can't be with that offensive line. I don't like Cam Robinson. I don't trust him. I do like Chase Son at 20. Uh, they have picked and done well with uh, defensive linemen uh, over the years, and again, because of the issues that they have with uh, retaining their players one way or the other. John, they've, they've, they've got a pretty good pick
2: here, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like you said, they kind of develop – this defensive line, you know, linebacker talent, and I think he's a really good pick, especially for being at 20 when I think we were, when we were doing a mock draft, we had him going a little bit earlier. So he's a big dude that fills a big need, and I feel confident that they're going to, you know, be pretty successful with him. They've got some good rushers. They've got Josh Allen. You know, they drafted Dante Fowler a few years ago. He's no longer there, but they're not afraid to take the defensive lineman or the edge rushers that they need and kind of plug them in. So I, I think it's a really good pick for them.
0: Well, they've done a good job in later rounds, especially developing guys, and they've done a good job on the defensive line. They went with LaVisca Chenault, the kid from Colorado that really looks kind of like a running back, kind of like a receiver. He was the offense for Colorado for a couple of seasons. He has injury issues. So I don't know if Jacksonville should have been risking that with their with
1: the 40-second pick overall, but I like his talent, right, Land? Absolutely. I think he complements D.J. Sharks' long-speed and ability to vertically stretch defenses. He's a raw route runner. Wasn't asked to do a ton, but his 2018 season, which he only played nine games in, he was first in catches per game in Division One football. And think of all the great receivers that have been playing since then.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: He's really just an offensive weapon, but like you said, right. durability mm-hmm. would scare me. He had labrum and ter- toe surgeries before his final season. Then after a lackluster combine, he had core surgery. So that's three not minor surgeries in the span of less than a year. And just his play style is more conducive to injury. He doesn't go down easy. He fights for extra yards. He bangs off of guys. But he's not Derek Henry. He's not 250 pounds. And I just don't trust their coaching staff to properly utilize him to the fullest extent of his ability. But just the talent, I understand. But just the durability and my lack of faith in the coaching makes this a below average pick to me.
0: Right. Since they're likely to be limited on offense like they were last season and for the last several seasons, a guy like that that can move around theoretically could be, um, you know, so I see the logic there, but you're right. I don't know if it's it's a scheme fit because I don't know how much I trust their scheme just overall. John, we talked about you know, the mustache, and we talked about their future at quarterback. I think they're going all in at least on this next season. Third logic, they're never going to say this is Minshew's going to make a jump in season two. He's going to become a good game manager type, somebody we can trust. He's such an intelligent guy. I know you don't really see that when you, you know, see him in jorts and that mustache, but the guy's uh, highly intelligent, you know, highly experienced, you know, for his age. But I think to just start this season basically with just him, they did not go after Andy Dalton. Uh, Andy Dalton probably agrees uh, with me about Cam Robinson probably didn't want to go there. He'd rather be a backup and then have a full season next year to, to make a pick, You're not at the end of um, free agency. So for me, I think they have this one option. They picked Jake Luton from Oregon State, 189th overall in the sixth round. Uh, this guy's just depth, right? And what do you think about them going all in on Minshew? Is it the logic of he's either going to develop or we can – if he doesn't, we'll be so bad. We'll pick uh, one of these two guys coming out in 21.
2: I think so. I think it has to be because I'm not sold on Benchu, and I'm, they aren't ev- either. You know, they benched him.
0: Well, they are enough um, to – no, but they brought him yes. back at the end of the season. They, they, though, did, they did bring they him back. They brought him back. I mean, they yeah. benched Foles.
2: Yeah, right. And, I'm, you know, honestly, I'm just – confused why andy dalton didn't go there i thought that would have been he Jesus didn't want to go there landing spot right well i mean with jake he doesn't want to do it he wants to take uh, a thought, full cycle mm-hmm. around
0: and make his and have his choice of teams what little that might be yeah and he doesn't want anything to do with jacksonville
2: you're right and i think maybe the cam robinson did play a big part in that decision but i just thought that jake Gruden was you know the writing on the wall that that was going to happen right
0: well not him specifically but just yeah. the fact that they're a mess they're an absolute mess
2: yeah, Dalton so, is
0: done being in that situation. He obviously is going to be on a really good offense as the backup, and he's going to have try to make his move next year.
2: Yeah, so I, I think the, the Jake Lutton pick, it's, he's a big dude. He's six six, but nothing incredible athletically. So he's just depth. He's somebody to compete for. Honestly, as crazy as it is, he's he I mean he'll compete for the starting quarterback job just because they don't have any quarterbacks other than Minshew, but Minshew's your guy on day one unless something crazy happens like Cam Newton comes in or you know, some, some move that happens, you know, late during training camp or before the season.
0: Landon, does anybody before we move on, Jacksonville,
1: anybody in this draft class stand out to you? I like the value of Ben Barch in the fourth mm-hmm. round. Yeah. He, he's a converted tight end, so he has the athleticism. The thing is, he only played Division three football. He's only been playing offensive tackle for two years. So this is very much another projection pick. Unlike their edge rushing coaching, they haven't been great on offensive line coaching. Cam Robinson, Jawan Taylor haven't really stood out in this, as far as their NFL development. But just his potential and upside to get a guy who looks like he's an NFL starter at offensive tackle in the fourth round and so many teams need that guy is good value. I don't think he reaches his ceiling with their current coaching staff, but he's a s he's a smart flyer to take. Yeah, that
0: that is a pretty good one. I mean, when you come from division three, big big fella, you know all about that. This is mm-hmm. this guy's like you, but had a like a five inch growth growth spurt while he was there, so six six three oh nine played at St. John's, Minnesota, um, that that would be an interesting thing because they would need someone like that to step up, and it's interesting that he, you know, as much need as there is for a tackle, that, that he lasted uh, as long as he did 116th. Guys, yeah. let's go to the Colts. Now, the Colts side, they've done a good job picking last few years. I think their front office is a little overrated. I know they've done some good things, but um, they had a solid draft. Of course, their de facto first-round pick is DeForce Buckner. They traded the 13th pick to San Francisco for Buckner the 49ers turnaround trade down from 13 to 14 and still pick a guy I like Javon Kenlaw from from South Carolina who is a very similar type of player at least coming out to Buckner they've paid Buckner like 22 million dollars a year yeah he's good but he got great money I don't know if I love that but I I like the picks that they made I, I think speaking of overrated, I think their offensive line is a bit overrated too I thought they might add some depth there but they're going all in, and I think they watched us play enough that they want to get physical. So Big Phillip not having a first-round pick, they had two second-round picks. 41st overall, they went Jonathan Taylor, who I know we both really liked.
2: Yeah, we both liked him. He, he's a really physical runner, and you pair him with Marlon Mack. You've got a pretty good one-two punch there. So like you mentioned, they kind of want to mimic our offensive style and run down run down your throat. So I think it's interesting like you kind of said they they didn't go offensive line they only actually picked uh one offensive lineman they picked a guard. So I think they need to get more physical on the offensive line. Yeah, they have some good pieces there in Quentin Nelson and they, you know, resigned their left tackle to Big Bunny, but two offensive linemen does not make a line.
0: Landon, I know you like Michael Pittman. He's he he's impressed me. I don't know if he has like the just straightaway speed to uh, just be like a dominant one, but he's going to have to step in for them. They have smaller receivers. He seems like he would be a pretty good fit for Phil Rivers.
1: Absolutely. When you said earlier they've been a very solid off-season team over the past couple of years. Michael Pittman is the definition of solid. He's a solid athlete, solid route runner, solid blocker, great hands, he plays special teams. He was the best wide receiver on the board by a long shot when T. Higgins went one pick before. Like you said, he's a different archetype compared to T.Y. Hilton. They're going to be a running team, obviously, with drafting Jonathan Taylor and having Mack and Hines. They don't need a bunch of receivers on the field. Like, like we do, they'll probably have a bunch of two receiver sets. You have right. Hilton's speed and Pittman's just physical dominance. That's a, that's a nice combination for Philip Rivers to use when he's not just handing the ball off to a great running back behind a great offensive line.
0: I liked Jacob Eason for them in the fourth round, 122nd overall. He was my fifth <laughs> quarterback. He's my fifth quarterback. To get him in the fourth round, I mean, that kind of just was obvious, but they didn't, you know, they got what they needed. They, got, they needed another safety, got him in the third round. Uh, Julian Blackman from Utah, who uh, coming off of injury, uh, he is an, an NFL player. He is a, a valid third-round pick. I thought that was pretty smart. Uh, Jonathan Taylor I'm a big fan of. Yeah, they have Mack, but they would complement each other pretty well. Pittman? is a pretty good fit yeah i'd like to see them go maybe offensive line even uh, uh you know third round but they didn't and that's fine jacob eason though is is a good shot to take you never know and i think him sitting behind philip rivers is just kind of obvious it for the fourth round yeah and you just kind of go down the line there are guys that you like and that you've heard of that, that could be interesting for them anybody stand out to you john for uh later later picks for them
2: with their later picks, uh, I mean, you know, they, they didn't draft a whole lot of need, I don't think. I always like, <laughs> for whatever reason, I always like UMass guys, Massachusetts, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and they drafted Isaiah Rogers uh, in the sixth round. Four-year starter at UMass, so obviously not top competition, but played four years of college football. Three pick sixes in college, kickoffs, punts. He, he does it all. So I think getting a utility player like that from a smaller school, sneaking in, you know, to, you know, he he might have been a guy that's undrafted, you know, on another team. Um so I always like those picks and he could be a guy that is a great utility player for them and maybe eventually, you know I, I think he's a little small to compete at the corner position. He's five ten, one seventy, so he's he screams special teams to me, which for Indy that's somewhere that I feel like they don't ever address. So I think it's a I think that was a, a an interesting pick.
0: Yeah. Guys, let's talk Texans. They're probably the most interesting uh, team in this division offseason-wise just because, you know, the curious trades that Bill O'Brien makes and all that, and, and I think, you know, he takes a lot of junk or whatever, and, yeah, they're head-scratchers, but they play pretty well. I think that's amassed by what good quarterback play they've gotten, but – um You know, they have uh, sort of mortgaged this draft, uh, when you say, Landon, uh, for what they did last year and what they're going to try to do next year immediately. For instance, essentially their first-round pick is um, Laramie Tunsil, 26 overall pick, of course, went to Miami. And then their third-round pick, they traded for Gary M. Conley, which I don't I didn't really like that, and they haven't, uh, as of yet, offered him the fifth-year option. He did not play. Yeah, he was kind of out of scheme for the Raiders, but I I don't know. I thought that was a a pretty high. I don't think anybody else was going to give him anything close to that. And, of course, we know about their original second-round pick. Uh, They traded for Brandon Cooks, who's uh, been kind of off-injured recently. And then, of course, they got the 40th pick back for uh, giving uh, DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona for uh, that pick and David Johnson's contract so essentially their first pick was Ross Blaylock the defensive tackle from Texas Christian that we had talked a lot about and liked Uh, Landon we we liked him maybe um, for us Uh, he's a good especially if they play more 4-3 he's going to be a good fit for them right
1: I would agree he was definitely the best defensive lineman on the board DJ Reader who was their best defensive player last year went to Cincinnati on a big deal Blacklock isn't the run stuffer reader is not by a long shot, but he has a lot more pass rush upside, and obviously he'll be a lot cheaper. My only question with him is he missed all of 2018 with an Achilles injury. Mm -hmm. It seems like a lot of the Texans front seven guys that you think of as stars have dealt with injury. They had Brian Cushing, Bernard McKinney was hurt, Clowney, J.J. Watt. This seems like the guys that they depend on get hurt. I don't know if it's a strength and conditioning staff thing or if it's just bad luck, but an Achilles injury is a major deal. Oh, yeah, especially for a
0: man that size, yeah.
1: But their defense was terrible. They were 28th in yards, 26th in points per drive allowed. They were bottom eight in passing and rushing yards per attempt allowed. So they took the best defensive player to make their defense a a bit less terrible, and they're just going to hope that Deshaun Watson and all these misfit toys at skill position around him make it work.
0: Well, they didn't have, um, but five picks, and you just wonder if that will catch up with them. There's not a lot to be said. I think Jonathan uh, Grenard, uh, the linebacker from Florida, he transferred from Louisville. He played well for Florida last year, and uh, they don't have a lot at linebacker. so I think for better or for worse, he'll be playing. Charlie Heck will have to be depth. He's just a giant of a man uh, from UNC. And then it makes you wonder they didn't really have the picks. They I don't know who's gonna play safety for them. And yeah, sometimes you can find guys <laughs> off the street, but John, they their defensive backfield, we talked about, you know, who's gonna tackle Derrick Henry for Jacksonville. I, I just think that I just think about who's gonna be back there in twenty twenty. Well yeah, Justin I,
1: Reed is good for them, but that's only one guy and they cut their other starter to Sean Gibson earlier this offseason.
0: Right. So one guy does a defensive backfield not make because I like Reed as well. But what about the three other spots? And, look, maybe it'll come together. But, boy, uh, Jackson was so worried that they, they kind of, you know, reached for that pick. And you saw other guys, I mean, other GMs. Cornerback is becoming more and more important as these receivers become more and more uh, talented and plentiful. But, boy, they they got some questions, right, John?
2: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Derek Henry, all you have to do is break past the line and, you know, make sure not to get tackled by Zach Cunningham. And then you're – golden every single time because i agree they don't have anybody to tackle derrick henry I just they they didn't address it they don't usually address it and it's just it's wild i mean you know they had uh tyra matthew gone they had you know i bet i bet uh, bill o'brien still thinks they have ed reed somehow so yeah i just i really don't know looking at their safeties right now it's shalom luani aj moore eric murray jonathan owens justin reed Guys, as objective
0: as you can be, uh, we'll start with you, Landon. How, how do the Titans uh, draft class stack up with, with these other three? Um, did, did we have the, the best draft, draft class? Really, this conversation should happen three years from now. But just based on need and value, what, what do you think? Where, where do we stack up?
1: I would give the Colts the first overall position because all of their major picks that they made are going to be starters or impact players immediately. The one guy that isn't Jacob Eason is great value and a guy who could be a mm. franchise quarterback. He could. Yeah. Now, I hate to say Indy's number one in anything, but I think this offseason, they were the best. I think we're probably we filled a lot of need. A lot of guys are going to start. We didn't have the volume of picks that Jacksonville had. But I'm more confident in our guys starting right away. A lot of the guys Jacksonville took are going to be rotational or their developmental guys. And a few of them I just didn't like at all. So I would give a second, Jaguars third, just because they had three top 42 picks, a lot of picks overall. And the Texans fourth, because they didn't have many picks, they addressed some questionable positions of need, and they traded a lot of picks in bad trades, which I factor into my draft grade.
0: No, I think you make a lot of sense there. John?
2: Yeah, no, I think we, I mean, granted we didn't have a lot of draft picks, but I think we the people we picked are all going to be immediate role players. I kind of agree with Landon. I think Indianapolis had a better, you know, draft as far as starters and uh, impact players than we did. But we, you know, we are no slouches. Um, and we quietly had a pretty active offseason uh, with all the undrafted free agents we had, Jonathan Joseph and Ibrahim Campbell. Um, you know, I mean, you, you just have all the... You, you start to look at the, tra- the the transactions that we had, you know, bringing Jack Crawford, Kamei... Kame- Kamale Correa um, and potentially Potentially um, Jadeveon Clowney and then you add in getting Tannehill locked up and Henry locked up for this year I mean, I think we had the best off season in general but yeah. as far as the draft I think India had a better one um, One guy that I, I know we've talked about before and you know he wasn't part of the draft, he was an undrafted free agent but there's a lot of chatter about Mason Kinsey so he yeah. might just be like the darling that kind of snuck under the radar and that got onto our roster. So I'm I'm really curious to see what he has to offer.
0: All he has to do is make this team, and he'll be a bit of a fan favorite. I mean, this guy played, you know, Division Three football at a at a at a school pretty new to playing football. Uh, we've done a really good job the last few years of free agent, you know, after the draft, because I think our program is good. A lot of really good football players live sort of close to uh, this region, and um, I think we give folks an opportunity. And I think we have a general manager that's not afraid to cut a draft pick or trade him or whatever. I mean, whoever makes the best player makes the team. We've been pretty true to that. I like our class a little bit better. It's obviously less sexy, but I – Although I think Forrest Buckner is a good player, and I think you know defensive line is a f- super important uh, for a team that really wants to compete. That twenty-two million dollars a year, I think, is going to hurt their flexibility in the future. And uh, yeah. one thing I do well, like I'll, about us, I don't think so. one thing I, one thing I, I do. Um, uh, we don't know what will happen or what they might need. And um, so, yeah, the timing for them is okay. Uh, but what if they landed want to step up and? A guy, a quarterback we're not thinking of is going to become a free agent. They may not be able to compete for that guy. I just don't like – and then giving up the 13th pick. I mean, that's that's a lot of value for me. So, yeah, I agree with you. And I think picking skill position players that play to big schools, it's just easier to look at that class and say, oh, yeah, I know more about those guys. But we hit all our needs. Uh, Jacksonville made a few head scratchers, and I still think that's a little high for Henderson. Although they had to, and of course the Texans, you know, barely had a draft because they they opted to tr- trade their picks for veterans. Uh, so for me, I like our draft class just because I I think one thing we'll say, I mean, we, we're not encumbered in the future. We don't. It's not like Houston or or uh, the Colts where you look and say, well, what are they going to do three years from now? I mean, they have a thirty seven year old quarterback. You know, that they pay $25 million, and they have, you know, this and that. And, of course, we know about Houston. Although they've remained competitive, that bill's coming, right? So I like the fact that we're competitive now, obviously, and there's nothing to think that we can't have flexibility and and be competitive in the future. Well, that'll do it. That's the three teams we don't like. That's their draft classes, guys. Um, uh, Interesting discussion. Glad you guys joined us. Uh, Follow us wherever you listen. Give us some feedback, Uh, and we really appreciate everybody that listens to us. Uh, Share us with a friend, and
1: we'll see you guys next week. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.